Welcome, everybody, to this episode of No Driving Gloves. It's going to be an extremely different episode this evening. Uh, Will can't join us today because he's debuting the Rocket Racing Wheels Camaro at the Good Guys Nationals in Ohio. And I believe they laid down some pretty good times. Last I heard, based on his Facebook page, he was 12th overall with their driver. And every run was faster and better. So wishing him luck this weekend and hope that Rocket Racing Wheels Camaro does some uh, wonderful times and helps promote Big Oak Garage a little bit. And Derek does have or did have some family problems this week, uh, unexpected. And he can't join us. But we've been talking about, and we've planned to introduce a kind of a second show to the No Driving Gloves podcast, share the same RSS feed. For those that don't know, an RSS feed's what actually, when you're using iTunes, or excuse me, not iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, any, whatever podcast or catcher you're using, the RSS feed is what allows your software to know that, hey, we've got a new episode out and downloads it to your de uh, your device, wherever you listen to it, and you go from there. But we have been talking and thinking about, and tonight, I guess we're going to go ahead and debut. We're going to do kind of a midweek, maybe about a 15-minute episode each week. It'll probably be just me, or maybe one of the guys will grab it every now and then. And we're just going to hit some industry news. Uh, this week, we'll hit some stuff and kind of uh, more of the new car stuff, but this is just, we're going to look for like five or six stories that maybe you missed, but has some impact on the collector car hobby or the automobile hobby in general. And as many of you know, we kind of all on this show, even though we do promote historic automobiles and collector cars, all have a little bit of a fetish or passion for electric vehicles and how they're coming around and what's happening with them. And Tesla had some great news this week that they had their first week. They produced over 7,000 cars, 5,000 of them being Model 3s, which if they can keep up those production numbers, the rumor is that uh, the stock price should strengthen and it might actually make a viable company. I mean, there are rumors that Musk is sleeping on the, at the factory every night on the production line, hands on, trying to make sure everything is taken care of. He obviously is helping other people because he um, report I did read is that he took some SpaceX personnel and the boring company personnel engineers and sent a few of them over to help the uh, unfortunate uh, children in that are trapped in the cave trying, you know, trying to uh, assist in their rescue. So he's still paying attention to the outside world, but Tesla's at the forefront of his mind and with, you know, like I said, getting the Model 3 production up to 5,000 units a week, that'll really help that back order log of over 400,000 orders. And supposedly now the Model 3 offers a summon self-parking feature where you're able to push a button and then the Model 3 um, uh, will have this feature that the Model S and the Model X has where it can open the garage door, pull itself out, shut the garage door and pull up to your front door to pick you up, uh, potentially park itself. and then come to you when you're leaving a store and such. That's just kind of a neat little piece of technology there. And then while we're staying on the uh, electric car uh, front, uh, there's a rumor being uh, floated around 
Uh, it kind of caught me off guard when we were looking for a car for Zara. It had, I, it, had, it had escaped me, I guess. I missed that the Volkswagen Beetle was going out of production after 2018. And, you know, I always thought it was a pretty good selling car. The restyle, this last restyle, I really enjoyed. But now the rumor's floating around, and Volkswagen's already been pretty clear that they were going to bring it back. But now it's looking like it might make its return in 2022 as a complete EV, which I think is kind of cool, personally. I just, you know, the Volkswagen, you know, it's kind of part of the hippie generation and the rebellious generation. And kind of, it's just always been different. And I think it returning as an EV in 2022 uh, probably is a pretty good thing. One of the other... Uh, pieces of news that I had read still on this electric car front is, you know, electric cars are seeming to be adopted and accepted everywhere, obviously, with Tesla and now the Volkswagen floating this. And while General Motors has announced, you know, the Volts losing sales, they, they're losing. It's not just not a well-selling car. I really like the Volt. I really like the technology. I don't know if it's a GM marketing scheme our plans. Um, I didn't realize Bob Lutz was involved with the Volt as much as he is. I recently read read or listened to one of his books. Um, uh, what's that one? Bob Lutz, uh, Bean Counters versus uh, Car Guys or Car Guys versus Bean Counters. Really good listen. Really explained some General Motors stuff. Really taught me a lot about General Motors just to kind of plug Bob Lutz's book in that. But he was a driving force behind the Volt. And I agree. Well, you know, this this was a car they needed to do really helped the uh, green outlook of General Motors. And it was amazing the obstacles he discusses uh, in that book on getting the Bolt to production. But what General Motors announced this week is the Bolt, the, the Bolt, not the Bolt, B-O-L-T, is selling extremely well. The sales have leveled in the United States, but worldwide the sales are up. Just a few months ago, they had 111 days uh, supply of Bolts. And that uh, figures dropped drastically, and they actually had to cut back production at the Bolt factory, but that was supposedly because the Aveo, which I believe the chassis are shared, um, I think it was the Aveo, uh, whatever the small car, maybe it's a Spark, uh, they had to reduce a shift for a few weeks at that, that uh, factory. But the Bolt production has now been ordered to increase by 20% based on the worldwide sales. It could be interesting with the new tariffs and that coming into play, but this order just came down this week. So I guess General Motors has some really good outlook for the Bolt. And, you know, the Bolt's a reasonably priced all-electric car, 200-plus mile range, which is all any of us really need as a daily commuter and such. But there's a little piece of news, you know, three pieces of electric car news right off. The one that I thought was cute and funny, and we forget in the United States that this is a car company anymore. And it was kind of a throwback to my high school days. Is Suzuki has a new vehicle coming out. Unfortunately, it's not coming in the United States. Uh, my last uh, experience with uh, Suzuki was a uh, Swift GTI back in like 88 or 89, trying to buy it because I couldn't afford a CRX. And we all know I ended up with CRXs and stuff. And that's a whole different story. But that was a fun little car. But one day I did go test drive a, a Suzuki Samurai. And that was probably one of the most terrifying test drives I had ever been on, excluding maybe a Bradley GT1 that I once test drove. And it's the only test drive I actually abandoned the car in a grocery store parking lot, had a friend pick me up, drove back to the dealership and said, this is where you can find your car. I'm going home. 
amazingly, they let me go home without bringing their car back. I thought that was kind of odd, but they really didn't have a choice. I was a little upset. But what I'm saying, Suzuki in 2019 is introducing another little stout 4x4. And while a lot of people will forget about the Samurai and joke about the Samurai, a lot of the off-road people love the Samurai. It's a very capable off-road vehicle. It's very small, very nimble, great approach and departure angles. And this new Jimmy seems to have the same thing with a little bit more safety. You know, they're talking a 1.5 liter, 100 horse motor. So I don't know what the Samurai specs are, but it kind of sounds anemic like the Samurai was. But this could be a fun little car. And uh, one of the articles I was reading about it when I was trying to look into it a little bit more made a lot of sense to me is that this could be a cool little car if somehow you could do a joint venture with, a, let's say, put a Fiat badge on it. It's a little boxy in that, but it's a kind of an iconic 4x4, a little retro in its styling. And it, it could almost slot really well into a Fiat dealership and you get some Suzuki and Jeep cross-engineering and other 4x4 technologies that could be interesting. You know, and then that kind of jumps into the next area of news that we're going is um, there was a rumor, which I read off uh, uh, the uh, House's, uh P4, P, P3, P4 competition uh, Facebook page, which put a little bit of weight behind it with Glickenhouse being the um, stockbroker, investment banker that he is, but um, that Hyundai was looking at taking over Fiat, uh, Fiat Chrysler of America, which would be an interesting merger. You know, Hyundai is a massive company. I don't know how many car people realize how large Hyundai is. Of course, they own Kia, which some people know, some people don't. But they build semi-trailers. They build ocean liners. They build freight ships. They, they're just this massive conglomerate. And uh, a Hyundai Fiat Chrysler merger actually makes a lot of sense to me. But as I said in a personal Facebook post, uh, Fiat seems to float these rumors all the time, kind of hunting for cash because there's, you know, the rumors that Fiat's a little bit cash poor. Uh, their sales are down drastically. Uh, I think I heard, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but a recent news story I heard Fiat with the 500, their sales are like one third of what they were were for the same period in 2013 or 2014 when they were introduced. And, you know, they've taken a drastic hit. They were forgotten when the Marconi did the uh, the perspectives looking at the next five, six years of uh, Fiat Chrysler of America. But Hyundai did come out and deny this week that they were looking into buying or merging with Fiat Chrysler of America, which wasn't a surprise. Like I said, Fiat's floated that they were going to merge with General Motors and then they were going to merge with Toyota. And I think they threw out even possibly Geely at one point in time. But uh, Hyundai has come out and said, no, they're not interested. But part of what came out in the original story is Hyundai was interested. They were just waiting for a drop in Fiat stock, which didn't make sense why Hyundai would come out and say that, waiting for a drop, because all that's going to do is increase the speculators who might believe this rumor and Fiat stock is going to go up. And I can't remember, maybe I have the exact numbers. Uh, yeah, well, the numbers here I'm looking at here on my notes. Uh, July 3rd, uh, the share price of Fiat was 11.07. As of today, I'm, I'm doing this on the uh, 8th of J July, so six days later, Fiat stock's trading at 
So obviously Hyundai is not going to be interested in if the stock price is almost doubled. And I don't think Hyundai, which is supposedly released the original rumor where the original rumor came from, would um, let that slip, hoping for a decreased share price. I would bet they would be willing to look somewhere around the $10 a share range, but not the $19 a share range. Uh, kind of looks like a, um, in my belief, not published, not saying, just my amateur investor, gut feeling, stockbrokerish, non-stockbrokerish, non-licensed stockbrokerish. There might be a way Fiat just passed the buck to see if they could get a bump in their share prices. But that's kind of the stuff we're looking at doing, giving you just a quick 15-minute drop in the bucket uh, episode, probably looking at releasing it every Thursday, just to fill you in with a little bit of no driving gloves. I uh, promise next week, the, the, the episode of this that you'll hear come Thursday, you know, three or four days from now, well, depending when you're listening to this, this is going to replace the no driving glove episode you were hoping to hear from Will, Derek, and I, and possibly even Zara for this week. We're just, this is just kind of what you're looking at. Um, hopefully you'll tune into the Thursday episode and maybe that'll give you some stuff to chat about. Uh, we'll post the articles that we cover over the articles that inspire the news stories to our Facebook page so that you can actually read them. We'll credit you know, where the uh, um, uh, articles came from. Most of today's articles are from, I believe, Autoblog and MSN Autos. But we, I monitor four or five or six or seven different automotive news websites on a daily basis. And like I said, I'm going to pull five or six of the top stories. We'll keep them more collector car oriented next time. But hopefully this is something that helps you carry on some intelligent collector car conversations as you're going into your weekend cruises and that and let you know what happens. But until then, I'm going to sign off for tonight. This is a quick little 14-minute episode this week. Uh, we look forward to talking to you Thursday with another news episode, and we'll rejoin you uh, on Monday, seven days from now, if you're listening to this kind of live, or on release date, uh, with uh, at least Derek and me, or Will, or maybe all three, or Zara. I'm not sure. But we'll have a little bit of an episode of No Driving Gloves for you then. Uh, keep your questions and comments coming. We'd love to hear from you. But for that, good night, and I'm out of here. <laughs>